This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. What is that called? Micro Jimmy. Boom. Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the Bulldog. Well, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Championship weekend in the NFL. Bills left out once again. Rude of the league to not invite them. Yes. <laughs> year after year. We just can't even get an invite. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. Happy Friday. Pleased, as always, to be joined by Connor Rogers, NBC Sports, SNY. Connor, we, Bulldog was just um, reminding me about how two years ago you steered him to a bar in Manhattan. And uh, I'll just jump in here and say he is still raving about uh, that recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd absolutely love to hear that, guys. I mean, listen, it must have been pretty good. It's a uh, one-star bar in Manhattan. If you need an actual real place to get a real cold beer that's walkable to Madison Square Garden, there is none better, uh, as Manhattan obviously prices itself out to the common folks like us, the blue-collar, hard-working folks like us. That gives me an ear-to-ear smile to hear that kind of stuck with you. Yeah, well, we were talking about, you know, the, the Bills, you know, continued hitting of their head on the playoff ceiling here. And, of course, two years ago was 13 seconds, you know, the week before. And I, you know, I had – so we told the story. He's like, where did you watch the, the, the Chiefs and Bengals? I'm like, on a train coming back from Manhattan. It's funny, like, that we're having you on – I would have been thinking about that anyway, uh, because that weekend was you know was this same weekend championship weekend, and um, yeah, I mean tremendous suggestion. Uh, my favorite. I'll just share one little bit about it that I'm sure you appreciate. Um, this was my wife's idea, dive bar, right? So I put on Twitter that day, that Friday was that Friday two years ago. I'm looking for a joint. And Mike comes with like some high end Michelin rated craft, whatever. Like, and, craft, and, Gramercy Park. And there, and there, I'm like, no way. My wife wants, you know, she wants to put her elbows up on a, on a bar somewhere. And you mentioned this place. We walk there from our hotel, which is right across the street from the garden. Perfect food, I, like the draft list. And then at the bottom, it says food. 
Cheez-Its and Pop-Tarts. I'm like, what a place. <laughs> I found my home. 12 bucks. <laughs> right. 12 bucks each. It's, it's, a, it's so funny to hear that. I remember one of the first times I walked in there. I mean, when I started going to Ranger games, when I moved back down, down to the city after college, and I walk in, and you know, you're just looking for any place that'll give you like a PBR and a shot of whiskey for four bucks. And uh, I walk in, and it's it's dark in there. There's only one guy sitting there on a laptop, and he's sitting at the bar on his laptop having a beer. And I'm like, man, does no one work here? And I look at my <laughs> buddy, and the guy literally closes his laptop, jumps over the bar, and it's like, what can I get you guys? That's <laughs> funny. Like, this makes this makes a lot of sense. It's a uh, it's one of the there's not many like it left in Midtown Manhattan. I'll say that. Very good. Well, the word draft has come up. I do want to ask you about, well, this year's draft coming up. The Bills <laughs> offseason is here, and we've been talking about that a little bit this week. You know how it is. It's sort of a back and forth between uh, one caller will be like, next year, what needs to change, and everything, as far as the fans are concerned, Connor, is on the table. I'm not sure if the Bills think of it that way. Uh, and then also, the next guy wants to go back to Sunday and just like, how... Did they lose? You know, what happened? Right. How, how would you sort of – what was this Bills season for you with the, the opening night loss at the Jets, just pushing to the AFC East title fourth straight, but then but then losing? Like, what would be your perspective on their season? It, it was so weird, right, because they came into the year as they have the last two years as one of the top Super Bowl contenders, and that's justified not only because of who they have under center, but because of the roster they built and – um, you know, obviously the the, co- the coaching staff was viewed. I think that took a little bit of a hit this year, but coming into the year, and obviously that was a tough start to the year. That walk off loss of the Jets, and then this, the first half of the season was all over the place. But there was some part of me that looked around in the second half and said, "Is this team getting hot at the right time?" Because we've seen that happen in football when you have a superstar quarterback and you think the defense is, you know, it's the coaching is good enough on the defensive side. And it seemed like they started to unlock the version of James Cook that they always thought they were getting when they took him in the second round. As much as Diggs was a little bit of a non-factor down the stretch, it felt like other guys were stepping up. Where you looked around, I mean, there was a point, guys, before they even beat the Dolphins to get into the playoffs, I think they had the third or fourth highest Super Bowl odds. And it wasn't even a guarantee Mm -hmm. they were in the playoffs. That's how highly thought of they were nationwide. And uh, for good reason. And I think... It was so interesting listening to Josh Allen after that loss because he felt very stern against the idea of blow it up or make all these – he's like, we just need to find a way to get another point or two here. And I think that's going to be the theme of this offseason really is what do they have to do to outscore teams like the Chiefs and, and get back to having that defense. But to sit there and go, we're going to shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows of the world, like that's not realistic. So it's one side of it for an outsider like me where I look at it and go – the Bills are just always going to be Super Bowl contenders because Josh Allen can simply win you any game. But I'm sure on the other side of that, for actual Bills fans and how you know you guys closely observe this team, it's also frustrating because you're sitting there and going, are we starting to waste the greatest opportunity right. that we'll ever have? And should we look at changing things like the head coach, which I know isn't a conversation right now, but do we have to strive for more on the staff? And do we have to take better advantage of our free agent resources and draft resources at some point? So such a mixed bag for a team that there's no denying is always a threat and really, really good. But what is the true answer that gets them over the hump that has clearly bothered them now for the last couple of years? Right, Connor, a a big piece this year was needing to go hard all the way to the wire. 
right? Like they they've not been in a position to get the one seed yet. And this year at six and six, I mean, it was pretty much out the window. It's amazing they even got to the two. But the last two games before Sunday against KC took so much out of them. I mean, they got wrecked by injuries in the in, in the Miami game, which they needed to win the division and get the two, and they lost important guys there. And then in the Pittsburgh wildcard game, they also suffered even more injuries on top of that. I mean, they went into the Miami game. The, the narrative going into the Miami game to end the regular season was, look, how, look at their injury report. They're healthy, and Miami was a mess. And a week and then two weeks later – completely different story so the merits of getting the one and the rest like we always say it but man the benefit would have been enormous in a year like this where those last two weeks wrecked them and bulldog i think that's an incredible point because it's so true that you need to do everything you can to make your pathway easier because of the war of attrition that is the nfl and the bills were the prime example of that going even further back to that having a veteran defense where we knew it was going to take a while for Vaughn to ramp up, and there's a lot of variables there where things just didn't go right for him this year and then a lot more to discuss with that. But losing Matt Milano, that's just an irreplaceable player on the defense, and Trey White and all those things. But you're right. It felt like the second-line guys started to go down the more games they had to play, the more, I mean, absolute wars they had to play. They weren't just in these games that meant nothing to the other side. It felt like the Bills were constantly on these high-stakes war wars for the last eight weeks of the season so I do think that's really important why is this team that has a top three quarterback in football and and has weapons and showed they can run the ball in the second half of the year and is led by a defensive head coach why do they slump I think is what I would ask why did they let games get away from them that they have no business letting get away from them so I, I think that's a big and some of it too is some guys didn't take the next step that they were supposed to take I look at a guy that's a pending free agent like Gabe Davis who you were always kind of hoping to become a legitimate number two across from Stephon Diggs and take over games. I mean, he's one of the most hot and cold wide receivers I've ever seen in the NFL. And I think they found some more consistency when Dalton Kincaid was healthy this year, and I think that'll really come to fruition next year as well. But that's another retooling aspect that they're going to have to look at this offseason and why this draft is so important to them. With Connor Rogers here on WGR, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. Well, wide receiver and the draft – it sounds to me like it's a good year to be ready to invest in one in the first round. If the Bills are, even, Connor, you'll, you'll tell me if you think I'm wrong here, when you're drafting late. Because like as promising as recent draft classes have seemed for receivers with you know varying results, it seems like maybe this year is uh, even better. Is that right? Yeah, it's amazing. This group is off the charts. I mean, I did a top 75. That's as far as I've gone big board-wise for NBC. And 14 of the 75 players play wide receiver. That's just – I mean, that's out of this world when wow. you think of the percentage. And, and it's not just the depth. The depth is great, but a lot of these guys are first-round caliber players. And obviously the highlight guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors that are going to go in the top 10 to 12 picks aren't really on the minds of Bills fans, barring a – miraculous straight up but it doesn't even matter because after that there's this group of players that are game changers brian thomas jr an excellent vertical threat with size coming out of lsu i mean he could fall to them he probably goes a little earlier than them but even if so troy franklin from oregon is one of the faster wide receivers i've evaluated over the last couple years and then Devontae walker who i'm going to see at the senior bowl in mobile alabama this week 
when he came back from his eligibility issues, which weren't character-related, it was just the NCAA being the NCAA, when he came back to the second half of the season for North Carolina, him and Drake May, they just tore it up. Walker, just he chews up so much turf with his strides. I think he's really polished underneath. He's got good hands. He's got good size. He's the guy you're probably going to see most consistently put in mock drafts to the Buffalo Bills because that fit makes so much sense where he can win down the field like Gabe Davis was, but I think there's more polish in the rest of his game as well. So I would almost be shocked if the Bills don't capitalize on the uh, star talent of a wide receiver class where they might get a guy at the back end of round one at the position that in normal years goes in the top 20 to 15 picks. How do you feel about Keon Coleman? That, that's that been my guy all year. Just dumb luck. I just happened to see Florida State multiple times, and he really stood out. But there seems to be some criticism about his all-around toolbox. Um, what, what, have you, what do you have on him, if anything, at this point? The variance is just wild, right? He's a guy that when I came into the process, I was like, and I'm just like you guys, turning on the games on Saturday, and then when I get to the tape of the groups, I get to the tape. And when you just watch the games on Saturday, I'm like, this is a top 10 player. I mean, he could jump over anybody. He came to Michigan State initially to, to play basketball. I mean, to think about that, to play basketball at a program like Michigan State, that's the kind of athlete we're talking about here. And he transfers to Florida State and ends up being their number one wide receiver. But then you get into the tape, and the variance is just unlike any of the other guys, where there's you know quarters or halves where – He's a total non-factor because his route running needs work. His concentration isn't great. He's not running away consistently from people. He's constantly trying to make the play above the rim over people. Mm -hmm. And then he'll have the greatest play in college football that week in the third quarter where he makes a one-handed catch in the end zone that really nobody besides Marvin Harrison Jr. in this class can make. So that, And I look at the Bills and I wonder, okay, that's exciting because you think the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the guys that improvise and can run around and extend – they don't need their wide receivers to run away from corners within the first three to five seconds of the play. They can get the most out of those guys. But then I also look at the Bills and go, do they have some scar tissue of the Gabe Davis experience where they want somebody that's a little bit more polished and clean and the variance isn't 90-yard touchdown or we forget he's on the field for three <laughs> games in a row. I, so Keon Coleman, he, he's the biggest boomer bust skill guy in the entire draft. I mean, he could be a true number one wide receiver that gives you 1,000 yards like Mike Evans for the next eight years, but there's this weird side of me, guys, that has a fear factor of why I can't put him in my top five wide receivers because of the inconsistency. Interesting. Um, <laughs> boomer bust draft ideas. I just they're flooding to memory to my memory right now. Just like thinking of Darnell Washington. We had a Darnell Washington like weekend last year after the combine. <laughs> oh, yeah. first round. Let's go. This has got. Look at him. Just look at him. <laughs> you know, uh, Pickens was a little sure. bit. Like I guess the Steelers have a yeah. a taste for boom bust right. uh, players. I guess. Hey, Connor, the only still the only first round wide receiver, or even first three rounds bulldog wide receiver Allen has had is Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, pretty good, pretty good stat. If it's right, that is that is, <laughs> that is absolutely crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's first round at least. First round at least. Um, well, it's going to change this year, I think. I think that, yeah. that will finally flip this year. We'll see, though. You never know. Yeah, you we'll never see. know. What do you think about this weekend? Man, I, I feel this is very dumb to say because the spread just keeps climbing, but it is for a reason. I think the Niners simply take care of business against Detroit in a way that uh, they kind of remind everybody who they are. When you look at the Lions' shortcomings in their secondary, 
it's really impressive that they've made it this far. They're a good team. They're maybe the best story in all of football, but they have so much shortcomings in that back end of the defense. You're wondering when is that bomb going to kind of tick a passing game as good as Kyle Shanahan takes advantage of that. Brock Purdy looked really bad last week, and he just doesn't play well in weather, and there's not going to be those conditions or anything close to those conditions this week. So I like the Niners to win and win comfortably, while the other game, I know some big injury news just came out on the Chiefs where Joe Thune's not going to play. That's a huge loss on their offensive line. They're probably going to end up being underdogs by four and a half to five points by the time this kicks off. I just won't bet against Mahomes anymore, guys. I just won't do it. There's no reason to. I, you're, it's bad money if you just consistently do that. And I, I look at Baltimore, and they're awesome. And Lamar Jackson, if he plays as well as he has the last couple of weeks, there's no football team on earth that could beat them because of how good their defense uh, they have. And the MVP is under center, the two-time or will-be two-time MVP. But at the end of the day, I don't see the Chiefs losing by more than a field goal in that game. And it feels like the classic – who is going to time this up and have the ball last because that team will win. Yeah, I arrived today at a decision that I don't want Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but it's mostly about the quarterbacks, Lamar to do what Burrow's already done, which is take Mahomes down in the playoffs and have Allen be like yeah. the odd man out over here still still can't do it. Like I just feel like we're already psyched out about it after Sunday and I just think it will only get amplified if Jackson does it. So, like, as much as we're all sick of the Chiefs, I, I think I'd, I'd like to see the Chiefs still look like they're infallible until the Bills can beat them rather than have one of these other quarterbacks, you know, same draft class even, uh, like Lamar, do it. Right, and, then, and I would uh, totally understand that feeling because then you start to look around and, and some of the, the, I mean, God, the stories, the talking points around Josh Allen are, exhausting as it is in the national media and i'm you know able to ignore a lot of it for the most part because a lot of it's nonsense and can't really equate that things aren't all his fault all the time so i think that that would only kind of uh boost those but at the end of the day i'll say this guys if this baltimore team can't do it i I, this chiefs team i mean this is the weakest chiefs team we've seen in a while they have their holes uh they they have really underperformed offensively this year I just don't know who can at this point. I mean, this right. is the most adversity they've faced in a while. Everything is clicking right for Baltimore. They're healthy on defense. Once again, they have an MVP quarterback under center with a, two great play callers. Mike McDonald on the defensive side should be a head coach soon. I've always thought Todd Munkin on the offensive side, he was calling it for those championship Georgia teams. Now he's calling it for the potential Super Bowl team with the Ravens. He's an overlooked play caller in this league and all across football i just if baltimore can't get it done now you have to ask yourself who is going to take down the chiefs in the afc anytime soon what stands out to you through the coaching cycle so far that belichick didn't get the atlanta job like how shocking is that to you and is there anything else that you, you know anyone else you think has really nailed it here it's really shocking to me for the fact that I thought the owners uh, outside looking in wouldn't see what we've all seen, especially us three talking right now. I mean, we've seen New England the last couple of years just go to from, you know, a powerhouse that tortured us for, what, 20 years to a what barely resembles a football team, honestly. It, the it, personnel decision-making and even the coaching staff decision-making under Belichick has been dreadful, and it turn, it's going to be a long road for them to turn that thing around because of decisions he made. And I'm just shocked that the teams that needed head coaches also saw that. I thought there would be – I'm not saying it would have been a complete failure if he went to Atlanta. It probably would have had some success because that's a tailor-made roster for him to go coach and not have to tweak if they get quarterback right. 
But at the end of the day, I think it's forward thinking. I think the game, you don't want to say the game has passed him by, but the evolution of rosters and what kind of players are really working in this league right now, that part has seemed to really pass him by. And I don't know if he's a guy that wants to concede power to anybody else on both sides. He's not just going to coach. He wants to, it sounds like he wants roster control. Now, uh, the good news is I think there's been um, a lot of common sense in this coaching cycle. I mean, what did Antonio Pierce have to do to get that job for the Raiders? The, the turnaround that team had, the support he had in the locker room. Now, him hiring a staff will be the most difficult part, but at the end of the day, I thought there was some common sense there. I thought even the Panthers yesterday hiring Dave Canales, a little bit of an underdog in this coaching cycle, but staple a creative play caller to a young, struggling quarterback in Bryce Young, and I think Washington will ultimately do the same down the road when I think they hire Ben Johnson and then draft a quarterback second overall. So I think it's good to see some common sense in this coaching cycle and things kind of align the right way uh, for the long term a lot of these franchises. I like that point. I think about like what Belichick is like in an interview. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't take his press conference demeanor to, to be like just how he always is. But, yep. you know, some of, what were the questions at a, at a head coach job interview be like? You know, sort of, right. it, it's like, don't you, you might want to say, don't you know who I am right. 15 times. Does, like, does Arthur Blank ask him 4 3 or 3 4? Right. Just like, what, <laughs> and yeah. how, how could he not be insulted by a team's job interview? I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it wouldn't shock you if Belichick just was not great at the interview, especially yeah, after. He interview you, right? Like, what do you ask him? It feels like he interviews you. Yeah, right, point. right. All right. So very, yeah, very odd situation for sure. And, and obviously didn't clearly didn't go too well, it seems like. Yeah, I guess. Thank you, Connor. I hope we can talk again sometime closer to the draft. Oh, absolutely, guys. Always great catching up yep. with you. Listen, enjoy the weekend, and thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you get into town to visit your buddies out of 42 North. Make sure I find out about it because I'll, I'll, I'll make a date of it. All right. Connor Rogers, uh, I think um, – he didn't want to have to agree to that. Commit to that? No. Yeah, I, 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 I was too pushy. Yeah, like I wanted this guy too, asking I me wanted, out. I wanted it too much. Is he asking me out? Like, yeah. just, uh, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. That's kind of what happened there. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll look for your calls. We're talking about uh, again wrapping up this week here. What happened? Where do we go from here? C- trying to decide if the Bills have deserved a better uh, result over the last four years, say, if you if you prefer, uh, than they've gotten. I mean, all the winning, they certainly have been a top team in the league, but obviously haven't haven't won. Uh, anyway, just one angle we've uh, been talking about here. Lines are open for you. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. Happy Friday. This is WGR. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.